For a few minutes here today, I want to talk to us about the, the challenge of comprehension. Maybe I should even call it the problem of comprehension because comprehension is a hard thing at times. I'm sure we've all experienced this at some point. I'm getting old enough now where I have to admit where there's sometimes the younger folks will be having a conversation and I don't comprehend at all what they're talking about. They use words and topics and things that are far outside my range of knowledge. I don't comprehend and, and probably on the flip side there's times where the younger people don't comprehend what I'm saying as well. Most of the time these kind of challenges are not that severe. We, we fail to comprehend, but, uh, you know, with the young people, for example, I can come alongside and I can inquire of them, and eventually they can translate into words that I'll understand and that I can comprehend what they're talking about, or else I'll decide I don't need to comprehend. That could happen as well. But most times it's not that serious, but there are times where it is. Say, say for instance, we're sitting at a dining table and suddenly someone jerks in a very spasmatic manner and they're grabbing at their throat and jumping around from the table. Well, if I fail to comprehend the person is choking, there's serious consequences. I, I, I won't respond by giving the proper aid. Maybe I'll think this person is trying to draw attention to themselves and I don't want any part of that. So I walk away or I think they're rude so I try to ignore them. What won't happen is calling for medical help or, or attempting the Heimlich I won't give the aid that's needed because I failed to comprehend. So sometimes failure to comprehend can have serious ramifications. Most of the people in the account that Pastor Aaron just read failed to comprehend what was going on in the events that were happening on that Friday nearly 2,000 years ago. Their failure to comprehend is the most serious failure of comprehension possible. Yet sadly, Many continued failed to comprehend what happened that day when Jesus died on the cross. Just as I was coming here this morning on the radio, there was someone being interviewed about Good Friday and Easter by, by the announcer, and it was clear from the responses given this person failed to comprehend what this weekend is commemorating. People failed to comprehend, but even though they refer today, today as Good Friday, they failed to comprehend why is it good. After all, it is a day that deals with death. Why would a day of death be good? We've just read the, the count of the crucifixion. As I said, Pastor Aaron read it from the Gospel of Mark. You've listened to it. Many of you, I'm sure, had your Bibles open. You were following along. For many of us, I'm sure this is a very familiar account. We know that today, the, the Friday before Easter, is here because we commemorate these things that are recorded in these verses. We, we know this is the day that deals with the, the, the death of Jesus. We remember the, the horrible, painful way that the Jesus suffered on, on the cross when he was brutally nailed there by the, the Roman soldiers. We know they hung there, and then, as Pastor Aaron read, he died. We remember it, but do we comprehend it? Do we comprehend what really happened that day? Let's review the events that we just read. And as we do, I want us to notice initially that an event presents information. That's what it does. It prevents information. Sometimes much is made over the amount of suffering that, that Jesus endured as he died. Yet Mark passes through most of his suffering very briefly. He passes through the entire whipping with a simple statement that, that Pilate had Jesus scourged. 
Likewise, the experience of the mocking by the soldiers. I, at times I've heard long explanations about how sharp the thorns were in the crown that was forced on his head and, and how he was, the beating of his head would have left him bruised and injured. Yet Mark's focus is not on the agony that Jesus endured. Even when it comes to the details of the crucifixion itself, the crucifixion hanging on a cross, dying on a cross, that was an extremely painful way to inflict death. Yet Mark describes the event with a single word. Mark simply records they crucified him. Mark spends more words relaying the inscription that hung above Jesus' head, the inscription that, that tells what he was accused of. Mark spends more words conveying that to us than he does on the crucifixion itself. We're told that the charge brought against Jesus that led to his crucifixion was the charge that he was the king of the Jews. I bring these things out because the event of Jesus hanging there on the cross, it prevents or presents information to us. Yet the information that we have of that event, it's been curated for us. Mark has selected what we would have recorded. Inspired by God, these are the pieces of information that are important to be presented to us. For example, there are a lot of things that we do not know about that day. We know nothing about the weather report for the day. We, we don't know if there were clouds in the sky all day or if there was an early rain shower or if it was a bright sunny day until the darkness fell there on the sixth hour. We, we don't know any of that. We don't know if it was a warm day or a cold day, nor do we have a record of which hand was nailed to the cross first. We, we don't know how many blows it took to sink the nails. Mark did not deem any of these things necessary information. Instead, he tells us that there was an attempt to give Jesus wine mixed with myrrh that Jesus refused. He tells us that Jesus' garments were divided by lot although he doesn't tell us the color of those garments. The information is selective, but it records the event for us. An event presents information. That's what we have. We have quite a bit of information here. Certainly the, the people that were present at that event had even more information available than they knew all those things that Mark did not record for us. Sadly, as we think about all the information present at that event, sadly we observe through Mark's record that the crowd failed to comprehend. They failed to comprehend. Uh, I'll skip past the two robbers. Luke gives more information about the robbers than Mark does. Mark just mentions that they were there. Mark moves on quickly to the reaction of the crowd. Most of what Pastor Aaron read of the, the crucifixion event was the reaction of the crowd. Jesus was likely crucified a short distance outside the city. That was standard Roman practice on a, a main road just outside the city walls. As Jesus hung there, we're told people walked by and they threw insults. They wagged their heads. They, they expressed contempt in many ways. They challenged Jesus. They challenged Jesus to do the one thing that he surely could have done as far as his power went. The one thing that would have been relatively minor for Jesus when it came to, to miracles, they challenged him to come down from the cross. Think about the miracles. I'm sure most of you know some of the stories of Jesus. Think about the miracles Jesus has already done. Jesus calmed the, a, a major storm with a single word. 
He, he multiplied food with a prayer to feed thousands. He had risen the dead with a command. How hard would it be for him to step down from the cross? Furthermore, Jesus' history of miracles shows how insincere the claim of these people were as they walked by and said, come down from the cross and we'll believe in you. Jesus had done all these mighty miracles and they didn't believe in him. Why would one more make a difference? Jesus had demonstrated time and time again that he possessed divine power. Why are they asking for another demonstration as if that would make any difference when they rejected so many? They were not comprehending. The crowd is mocking Jesus because they failed to comprehend something that, that by this time Jesus had told them many times. Jesus told them why he came to earth. The reason he came was to give his life for the salvation of many. He, he did not come to step down off the cross when he got there. He came so he could hang on the cross and die there. Jesus had voluntarily brought himself to this place. He would not and could not abandon the cross now. That was the reason he had arrived. That was his goal from the beginning of life. All the miracles he had done led up to the point of him hanging on the cross. When we listen to the account that was read, it seems as if the mocking continues almost to the very end. Even the uh, astronomical phenomenon where the, the sudden darkness came in the middle of the, the day from noon to 3 p.m. Even that did not cause people to comprehend. Even while that unnatural darkness fell over the land, the people continued to mock, mock Jesus. Even as he cried out his agonizing words, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even as he's crying that out, their, their thoughts were along the lines of, hey, he's calling for Elijah to come down and rescue him. Let's give him something to drink. Let's keep him strong a little while longer and see what happens. Let's see if Elijah comes. All the way through verse 36 that, that Pastor Aaron read, the crowd failed to comprehend who Jesus was. And for that reason, the crowd failed to comprehend what was happening. Mark presents Jesus there hanging on the cross isolated, separated from anyone favorable toward him, hanging there dying alone. The event of his crucifixion pre presents information. Yet the crowd failed to comprehend that information. They failed to comprehend as Jesus dies. The, the lowest moment in all human history, the, the moment when humanity should fall into complete despair because of the great failure to comprehend. The moment when humanity should cease to exist, really, because of what had just happened. That is the precise moment that suddenly Mark shifts his theme. The crowd failed to comprehend. A lone centurion did comprehend. A lone centurion 
In verse 37, Jesus dies in a most remarkable fashion. He utters a loud cry, and that loud cry demonstrates that he's still relatively strong. Crucifixion typically ended with long periods of unconsciousness and slow suffocation over the course of two or three days. Jesus dies with a loud cry, he's still able to make a loud cry, and then he simply breathes his last. At that very moment, Mark tells us the, the temple tore from the top to the bottom. Other gospel accounts tells us there was other f- phenomenon that, that happened at the same time. And as all of this is occurring, we come in Mark's gospel to the first person to comprehend what truly happened in the event that unfolded there on the cross. The centurion in verse 39, he would have been the soldier who was overseeing all those that were responsible for the crucifixion. He would have been over those who nailed Jesus to the cross. He would have been the one that would make sure that the men standing there remained on their post so that no one would mess with those on the cross. No one would rescue them at the last minute. He would have been there through the entire ordeal, observing everything and everyone. Certainly, as an experienced Roman soldier, he'd be a man that's familiar with death. He's seen people die before. Yet when Jesus dies, this soldier immediately recognizes there is something unique here. There is nothing about Jesus dying that is normal. The centurion says, truly, this man was the Son of God. The way Mark lays out his whole gospel, that verse, that statement, really is the climatic moment in Mark's gospel. All the way back in the very first verse of of Mark, in verse 1 of chapter 1, Mark tells us that Jesus was the Son of God. The centurion is the first person to make the connection. He is the first person to comprehend this truth. He is the first person to actually say these words. A Gentile, a hardened soldier, a man of the world, nowhere near a religious-orientated disciple, he is the one who says, this man was the Son of God. Think about the magnitude of that statement. This man was the Son of God. Colossians 1.17 tells us that, that the Son of God is the one who holds all things together. The, the only reason there was a cross for Jesus to hang on was because Jesus held it together. He held the atoms of that ragged wood together. The only reason there were spikes to go through his hands and his feet was because he held those spikes together. The only reason there was ground for the centurion to stand on and utter these words is because the Son of God held it together. What an incomprehensible and enormous statement. Truly, this man was the Son of God. The Son of God allowed himself to die on the cross. This statement, if you think about it, it stares right into the incomprehensible glory, the the incredible mystery of the incarnation, how God the Son, the eternal God the Son, the second person of the triune God that has existed before creation ever was, how that eternal divine person united with creation itself, 
became Jesus. God the Son became the man, Jesus, he, while still being God. Fully man, fully God. Jesus was fully God, while also fully human, as he hung on that cross. Clearly, the divine person, the eternal Son of God, did not cease when Jesus breathed his laughs, because the world did not spin apart. Yet the Son of God experienced death through his complete union with the humanity of the one who hung there, Jesus. The fact that happened, that the Son of God held the universe together for it to happen, that, that shows us that this was his choice. Truly, this man was the Son of God. The Son of God chose to die on the cross. The lone centurion comprehended this stupendous statement. He's the one who, who utters this amazing, glorious truth. He expressed the awe of the event that they beheld. Yet the, the question that we're faced with today is, are you able to comprehend? The crowd failed to comprehend. The lone centurion did comprehend. How about you? The events present information. Do you comprehend? Fail to comprehend? Comprehend. Those are the only two options available to us. Where do you land? Are you able to comprehend what happened on the cross? Does it seem odd to refer to a day that commemorates a, a very painful death as good? The reason that, that we call it Good Friday is because when Jesus voluntarily died on the cross, Jesus provided a way in which your sins and my sins could be forgiven. In fact, he provides the only way that your sins and my sins can be forgiven. We must all comprehend that Jesus died to pay for our sins. That is the truth we must comprehend. Our sins are the reason for his death. Our sins were the sins that required his death. Sin requires death. But Jesus did not have any sins of his own. He died for our sins. We are all sinners. You may not want to think of yourself as a sinner. You may go through life trying to compare yourself with others, say, when I compare myself to all these other people I know, I'm really a good person. God does not look at you that way. God says you and I are sinners. Because God says one sin makes us a sinner. And we have all told a lie. Most likely we have all had a lustful thought. We have all spoken unkind word in anger at some point. And any one of these things makes us a sinner. And when we look at most of us, aside from a couple little babies I see in here, most of us have lived long enough, we have done much more than one. We have piled and piled and piled our sins up. We're sinners. We violated God's requirements, God's only requirement, that says to have relationship with him, you must be sinless. We violate that over and over, and by doing so, we've offended a holy God. And the Bible tells us that the, the proper just penalty for sin is death. Our own death, followed by an eternity of punishment in spiritual death in a place called hell. 
If you think you have not sinned, you're simply deceiving yourself. Hell awaits. The significance of today comes when we comprehend that, that Jesus, the, the sinless one, the, the sinless son of God, he voluntarily died in our place. He died so that our sin debt might be paid. He, he died so that we would not have to die. He died to satisfy God the Father's righteous wrath against our sin by sacrificing himself in our place. Unless we think that's harsh for God the Father to have wrath that would condemn us to an eternity of hell, if we think that's too harsh for sin, let's remember that was God the Father's plan, driven by God the Father's love that sent God the Son to die on the cross for us. When Jesus breathed his last, he was dying for our sins. We need to comprehend all of these things because the Bible is clear that Jesus' payment for our sins is not automatic. He died nearly 2,000 years ago, but that does not mean that our sins are forgiven. Our sins are not forgiven the day he hung on the cross. He died for them, but the Bible tells us something else is required before our sins are forgiven by God. The Bible says that each of us individually must trust that he is the one who can pay our sin penalty. And we must accept that he paid for me. This means that, that you, like the centurion, must comprehend. You have a sin debt that you cannot pay on your own without spending eternity in hell. You must accept that as truth. Believe that Jesus death is sufficient and ask God to take that in your place you must comprehend that's what it means to take Jesus as your own personal savior if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus as savior if you've never accepted his death as payment for your sin then the reality is I don't care what you call today there's nothing good about this Friday in fact when you leave today, this will be the worst Friday of your life. You will leave because if you refuse to accept Jesus as Savior, that will be held against you by God the Father. You've heard the truth, but you failed to comprehend the truth. And you will spend all eternity ruining this day. It's horrible today because you've heard the truth and you've rejected it without true comprehension if you do not accept Jesus as Savior. Don't think for a moment that you can spurn the sacrifice of God's own Son and not pay for spurning it. Are you able to comprehend? Jesus died to pay for our sins. Comprehension is challenging. It is not unusual to struggle to comprehend information that we encounter in certain events. As I said at the beginning, sometimes we find it irritating because it's a younger group and we just don't know what's going on. Other times, a failure to comprehend is critical. If we don't see someone choking, we fail to comprehend what's going on, we, we miss that. It's critical. But much more important yet is failure to comprehend what happened on the cross when Jesus died there? 
A failure to comprehend what happened on the cross is infinitely more dire than any other failure to comprehend. If you fail to comprehend the cross, you face eternal punishment from an offended holy God. God loved you enough to send his own son to die for you. Failing to comprehend and, and accept Jesus as your Savior, that leaves you guilty before God. Jesus died to pay for our sins. Those of us who have already accepted his sacrifice, we need to remember the extent that our salvation required and praise God for what he's done for us. Thank him anew. If we've comprehended this truth for the first time today, and you need to know how to accept Jesus as Savior, you want to understand it more fully, talk to me or talk to Pastor Aaron when the service is over. We would love to show you from the Bible how you can trust Jesus. How today can become the most Good Friday you have ever experienced. Jesus died to pay for our sins. Let's pray. Father, as we remember what our Savior has done, I pray that you would do a glorious work in all of us. For each person here who has accepted the work of Jesus, have experienced the forgiveness that comes for their sins through his sacrifice, may today be a day where, while we are sober, we are filled with joy. Father, for those who are here who have never accepted Jesus, have never comprehended before what it is that he has done for them, Father, may today be the day that you help them comprehend and that they find